You heard that? Well, obviously, because if not, you wouldn't be hearing this. But if you are hearing me right now, this could be your voice advertising your business. Or I could even be the voice promoting your business, because you know I sound good. But seriously, email me at talkingjunkthepodcast at gmail.com and let your business ring in the ears of our listeners from around the world. Low funds? No problem. We could work with any budget. So what are you waiting for? Email me now. What do you got to lose? Welcome to Talking Junk, the podcast that made it around the world in 80 days. I'm your host, Jason Melendez, coming to you this week with another interesting interview. This week, I sat down with Jed Jurchenko. Jed helps busy professionals find their work and life rhythm, connect with those who matter the most, and grow their leadership to thrive. This includes helping them increase productivity by as much as 22% a year and grow their joy to a tune of $166,000 in happiness dollars. I got to be sure to hit him back up and get some of those happiness dollars for myself. He's an award-winning coach who has written over 22 books and helped 100 authors clarify their message, define their audience, and make constant progress towards their goals. He specializes in assisting entrepreneurs in applying common strategies to their work and home lives so they can make rapid progress and truly thrive. Jed graduated from Southern California Seminary with a Master's of Divinity and returned to complete a second degree in psychology. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist, adjacent psychologist, professor, coach, and author. Jed has written over 22 books with straightforward and easy-to-apply wisdom. It was a fun interview. I can't wait to get into it. But before I get into it, let me remind you guys to head over to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash the real talking junk and click on the link shop.spreadsheet.com slash talking dash junk dash merchandise. Get yourself a talking junk shirt. Look and feel like a junker. Let's get those merchandise sales rolling, people. But anyway, without further ado, Jedrachenko. I'm talking junk. Yay! Awesome. Welcome to Talking Junk. I'm here today with uh, Jed Jurchenko. How are you doing? Jason, I'm doing fantastic, and I'm excited to be on the show. Well, we're glad to have you. Um, before we start, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so a little bit about me. I am, first and foremost, the husband to an amazing wife daddy to four girls i've been a foster dad um so we had six girls in our home for 14 months and i was severely outnumbered but it was a whole lot of fun Um, i grew up in san diego three years ago we moved to snowy minnesota wow that's a big difference it is a big difference it is a you know when we decided to move Jenny warned me, she said, Jed, it's cold in Minnesota. There's snow. You know that, don't you? (laughs) Were you ready for the snow? You know, I thought I was. My response was, I love the snow. Like, this is awesome. Because my experience with snow was driving up from San Diego to the mountains, Cuyamaca Mountains, and um, we'd go sledding. So it would be like, you know, 35, 40 degrees out, sunny. We're sliding down the hill. I'm like, I love this. I could do this all winter. Yeah, that's not Minnesota snow. <laughs> we made the opposite move. We uh, we moved from Connecticut down to Florida. So we left the uh, the snow for the sun. But I'll, I'll, I'll go back to the snow in a heartbeat. 
Oh, I am. I am jealous. I am. I'm ready for Florida weather. And right now, um, you know, it's here towards the um, end of August and just walking outside. We're starting to see the leaves change color. And I'm like, no, I am not <laughs> ready for fall and winter yet. Because it feels uh, like summer it. just just hit. How long you been out there? Three years. Three you years. Know, long enough to learn words like oofta, oh dear, and don't you know. So I am officially Minnesotan. So you're Minnesotan, don't you know? <sighs> love it, love it. You're speaking my language. Yeah, that's not not bad from a, a from a boy from New York, huh? Absolutely. So how did you become interested in helping couples better their relationships? Yeah, great question. So that comes out of my own story, and this is not what I expected to do. So I grew up in a Christian home, grew up going to the church, got married, went to seminary, was a children's pastor, really thought I was going to do that for the rest of my life. And um, when it came to relationships, I was pretty clueless. So I grew up in the 90s and um, graduated high school in 1996 and was really immersed in this Christian culture, which there's so much good in that. But at the time, um, purity movement was huge. And a book came out by a guy named Joshua Harris. And you may have never heard of him, never heard of the book. I have not, but purity movement, is that uh, uh, chastity rings and all of that? It is, it is. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the whole idea of chastity rings. And then this book came out called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And so it was really this idea that purity is not enough. You've got to take this to the extreme. And so we're not going to date. We're going to court. You know, first time you really get in a serious relationship, it should be with that intent to marry. And so it was really this whole idea of you don't date, you don't learn about relationships. You know, if you love Jesus, you meet somebody who loves Jesus, that's it. You're golden and things are going to work out. You're going to be happily ever after. Well, I bought into this idea and my first relationship was a train wreck. I didn't know what I didn't know. And um, not surprisingly, you know, fast forward to today and I look back at a lot of my friends who grew up in this movement and they had similar experiences. Uh, It's surprising how similar they are. Now, this guy who wrote the book, Mm -hmm. he also went through, you know, just his own divorced fairly recently and said, hey, everything I thought I knew, I'm rethinking. Yeah, you gotta gotta crawl before you walk. Yeah, I love love that um, picture right there because that really is what I learned is, man, I've got to go back and learn how to do relationships right. So I graduated from seminary with a master's of divinity, went back to the same school, this time to study counseling and psychology because I said, man, there's some gaps that I need to in. You know, there's some things that I need to learn. Well, wouldn't you have been able to fulfill some of those gaps with a little bit of um, experience? A little bit of experience would have helped a lot. And I've got to tell you, I'm a dad of four girls and my oldest is now 13. And, you know, they're to the age where we're starting to have the conversation about boys. Oh, yeah, I know. I got an 11 year old, so I'm right there with you. Yep, yep, I got an 11-year-old as well, and we're doing the same thing. Conversations about boys with that 11-year-old and that 13-year-old, 
It sounds bad for me to say, but COVID did one good thing by letting us have them home. No, no boy interaction. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, I want that to be my attitude. Because I will tell my daughters, hey, when you hit 30, I'll chaperone your first date. This is going to be great. You know, so get ready for... But in all seriousness, I want them to start dating. You know, middle school, I don't know. I'm a little shaky. But at least by high school. Because here's the thing. You just don't know what you don't know. And exactly like you said, you've got to crawl before you walk. And if they're going to blow it. You've got to have that human interaction. You have to know where you're coming from to know where you've been. So in order for you to get a perspective on how a relationship should work, you have to kind of fall on your face a couple times. Absolutely. You know, and that was part of my story is going back to school, studying counseling and psychology, jumping on Amazon, um, ordering every relationship book I could find, good, bad, and ugly. Everything from faith-based relationship books, you know, that my parents would look at and be like, oh yeah, I'm so glad you're reading that book, to, you know, books by Neil Strauss, The Game, you know, by pickup artists. And that was not my intent at all. It wasn't this whole thing of, man, I want to become this suave pickup artist type of guy. It was, I don't know what I don't know. And I want to learn how to date. When I see a woman that I'm interested in, I want to know that I could turn this into a real relationship when I'm ready. And I also want to know how to turn this into a healthy relationship. And everything's involved in that. You know, I define intimacy as into me see that ability to peer into our loved one's inner world. And so there's that emotional connection. But man, intimacy is also intimacy. It is S-E-X sex. I mean, as a married man, I am. Yep. I want that emotional intimacy, that emotional connection. Emotional, physical and mental connection. Absolutely. That physical connection is important too. And it's the, I want to go into marriage this time, getting it right and knowing how to have that physical connection. Now, if you don't mind me asking, how many, uh, how many times did you have to put the training wheels on before you met your wife? You know, that's a great story. And I was actually dating a couple people when I met my wife and kind of had this intention of, learn to date I'm gonna date a couple different people to learn about me to learn what I like in a relationship what I don't like and really had no desire to get into a serious relationship and so I was on um, dating site I think eHarmony and um, meeting people having fun seeing the city and Jenny's profile pops up and say okay she looks like somebody I would like to meet our first dates at Coronado and um, just beautiful, beautiful bay in San Diego. And I actually planned it here because I thought, you know, sometimes on those dating sites, not everybody looks like their profile picture. And, um, you know, sometimes people do look like their profile picture, but man, within five minutes, you're just like, let me out of here. <laughs> and so, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm at one of my favorite places in the world. So if this just goes really wrong, eat dinner, shake hands, I'll pay for the meal. I'm just gonna go hang out at the bay, enjoy myself, have a good night. You know, either way, it's gonna be a win. Good or bad, you're gonna have fun. 
Yeah, and so it was kind of this new attitude towards dating from, man, this has to be serious and we're going to take everything serious to, I want to learn about me. I want to learn about how to connect and I want to learn about what I like and don't like. And by this time, I had dated some people and, you know, knew enough to kind of have a sense of what I was looking for. And so I'm there early at this restaurant waiting for Jenny and first time we're going to meet face to face look at my watch five minutes late thinking I'll probably just decided not show up stand up and behind me is this absolutely gorgeous woman looking around looking lost so she caught you I hope that's my date yep caught my eye instantly went in and just had a great meal together. You know, a little pizzeria with this gorgeous view of San Diego Bay. Afterwards, I asked, hey, do you want to go for a walk? She said, yes, I'm pretty sure my heart skipped a beat. So we're walking along the bay, sun goes down, you know, easily could have been seen from a Disney movie. Then it happens though, here we are, San Diego, probably end of March, and man, once that sun goes down it gets cold fast now Jenny here's your didn't... chance Jed. here's your chance <laughs> yeah but i'm thinking you know again we're taking things slow i want to get to know this girl and um i look over and she's shivering so i asked the question hey do you want to go back she's like no i'm fine let's keep going keep walking and look again this time she's got goosebumps running up and down her arms Again, I ask, hey, are you cold? Do you want to go back? Skid, nope, I'm fine, super sweet. Keep walking and talking. And third time I look, she's not only got goosebumps shaking, but I'm pretty sure she's starting to turn blue, you know. (laughs) But she was so um, caught up in you, she didn't want to go back. (laughs) Yes, and that's what blew me away because I asked her a third time and it was just the most decisive I heard her, where she was, no, let's keep going. So end of our date, here's what I do next. You know, we say our goodbyes. I go off to my job. I was working an overnight in a group home. I don't call her for two weeks. Because here's what I'm thinking. I am thinking, oh my goodness, if I go out with this girl again, there's a good chance I'm going to fall in love and we're going to get married. And I don't know that I'm ready for that. Well, from the story you're telling me, it looks like as soon as you turned around, you fell in love. You know, as soon as I turned around, I knew something was there. And I'll tell you, this time I slowed things way, way down. Um, so we dated, let's see, almost three years before we got married. It was about a year and a half before I popped the question, and then just over a year engagement. Really got to get to know one another. And um, how long have you guys been married? We are going on eight years together this year, and it has been absolutely amazing. You know, for as wrong as I got things the first time, really got things right the second time. And so I am, you know, a huge believer in second chances. Thank God for second chances and just for the ability to learn and grow. I mean, one, I met somebody who's absolutely amazing. Two, just learned a lot along the way. And so that's where this passion for helping couples comes from, just from being completely clueless myself and then realizing hey wait 
this is one of those areas where you can learn, you can grow. You know, and I'm a huge believer that it does take two people to make a relationship work, but I also know that one person can be that catalyst for change. And so I love the, um, I was 10 years as a therapist and now diving into the coaching. And um, that is one of the topics that, especially in the coaching I'm passionate about is helping people level up their relationships, whether that's a couple um, or just one person who says, hey, I'm tired of being stuck in this rut and I'm ready to grow. So we have a lot of people out there that, that probably look at it in the same aspect. What exactly does a healthy and high performance relationship look like? Yeah, and I think nowadays that is getting increasingly rare, um, especially with COVID. One of the things that I know from teaching abnormal psychology and psychology classes is stress wears on people. And this has been an interesting year. I mean, we've had COVID. I'm here in Minnesota, you know, not far away from riots and racism and just a lot of stress and chaos in the world. Plus it's an election year, which seems like everybody's just on edge. And so right now, one, I think a high performance relationship is a great goal. Um, and I think for some couples just saying, man, we're just going to have a good relationship or a good enough relationship right now. That's okay too. Does that kind of make sense? It does. Well, what can a couple do right now to improve their relationship in this day and age? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. So one of the things that I'm encouraging couples to do, and Jenny and I are using ourselves. Um, I'm going to call it just our get out of jail free card. Uh, if you like Monopoly, use the term get out of jail free card. Who doesn't like Monopoly? <laughs> yep. Jenny knows another mom who calls it the plot twist. This mom loves novels and she says, man, when my day is just in that downward spiral, says I yell out plot twist, changing my attitude. Everybody gets a freebie. And from that moment on, we're starting fresh. So is it safe to say it's just tiny little habits that you can change to, to make the marriage matter? Love that. Absolutely. Tiny little habits. Phrase that I like to use is man, human beings were meaning making machines. And those rare occasions when Jenny is snippy and snappy, which both of us are more often than ever, because man, there's a lot of stress going on in the world. And so if you and your loved one are like at each other more than normal, then hey, can huge congratulations, you're normal and like most couples probably in our country right now, like that rise in stress, it's causing people to do weird things. It is, and it, I think it's more of a, a facade people put up because they don't like to look like their marriage or their relationship is in distress. But um, what, what are the most significant challenges uh, people face today and what can we do about them? Yeah, so challenges today is just that stress buildup. So I don't read the news much, but when I flip through every day just to get a glimpse of what's going on, it's nuts out there. You know, I'm seeing people pepper spraying each other for wearing masks, not wearing masks, think you should wear a mask. You know, sweet little old ladies who pepper spraying big dudes over this mask issue. Um, you know, restaurant servers getting beat up because party wanted to be 
seated together. Restaurant says, no, you can't do. So I think there's this new level of stress everybody's dealing with. You can't forget about that boy in Disney World that was just doing his job and then he got beat up for it. Yeah, isn't that nuts? It is. Now I work in a nursing home, so I understand. So here's what I think is happening is a lot of us are holding it together at work and we have to, right? I mean, work is work and we're on, stress happens, it builds up. We get home and we don't realize how stressed we are. Our loved one does something minor and there's a big explosion that's out of character. And that's where this get out of jail free card comes from. You know, it's, I don't think it's a right or appropriate to say, hey, we're just gonna excuse all bad behavior. But I think there's something to looking at her loved one and saying, man, that's out of character. And I could make that mean she hates me, you know, she's bad. Or I can make that mean, man, my loved one's stressed today. And we need to find a way to de-stress and to connect. And so it's kind of that idea of what meaning are you going to assign to it? Are you going to take personal offense? Are you going to say, no, this is an opportunity to connect. This is an opportunity to courageously reach out and do that plot twist. Does that kind of make sense? It does. It, it does. It makes a lot of sense. Um, so how can couples deal with these reoccurring arguments, especially nowadays when it seems like frustrations are at an all-time high with kids being home, some people, their significant other can't go to work because of this. And there's a lot of things that um, weigh heavy on people at this moment, which makes you lash out at your your significant other. How can we control that? Yeah, Jason, great question. I do think it goes back to something you said before, where you had mentioned the word habits. And I'll tell you, that's something that's been key for Jenny and I. And something genius that she did when we got married is she said, hey, Jed, after the kids go to bed, that's us time. It's just you and I, you know, no cell phones, no work, um, you know, no books. We're really going to be doing something together. And so for the two of us, you know, sometimes that's watching a movie. Um, sometimes it's going out and sitting by the bonfire. Sometimes it's dessert, dinner together. But it's really that us time. And so here's kind of how that's played into our relationship. Here we are coming up on eight years together. And if we hit this end of the day and there's tension between us and we're off doing our own thing, man, it just feels weird. Like it feels weird not to connect. And so kind of setting yourself up for success as human beings are hardwired to connect we want to connect um we need we're, each other we're a social we're a social species we Absolutely. need that camaraderie absolutely but now i know guys are gonna have this question and me included i'm, I'm not exempt from any of this uh what do you what do you do if you can't spend that time with your significant other. Maybe you guys are uh, at a fight right now and you don't want to be bothered with each other. How do you break that wall down to say, you know what, I know we're having a hard time right now, but this is what we need. 
Yeah, and that's such a great question. And so, you know, all the research says, man, it's okay to fight. In fact, if you argue and bicker and disagree, again, congratulations, you're, you're normal. Um, John Gottman, one of my favorite, favorite relationship researchers, said, man, couples tend to argue about the same things over and over and over and over again throughout their relationship. Because a lot of times it's just, it's rooted in our upbringing and our fundamental beliefs and our differences and our values and our habits. And so those things don't go away. And he said, man, it's okay, argue, disagree. And if your style is loud, be loud. If your style's soft, be soft. But here's the big thing. Afterwards, the two of you have to find a way to come back and reconnect. And so that's the key. And unfortunately, there's no magic wand to make your loved one connect. But what you can do is that courageous reach out. And so I know for Jenny and I, sometimes it is that, okay, we're frustrated, but we're gonna sit down and watch the same movies together. Sometimes it's, we're gonna hold hands and watch the same movie. We're gonna be in the same space and somehow we're gonna come back and reconnect, even if that issue is not resolved. But some issues just aren't gonna be resolved. Does that make sense? It does, it makes sense. Now, uh, me and my wife, we're a little different from you and yours. We've been together 12 years but we got married after six months being together. And that's only because we knew each other since middle school. And we got nice. really got it together during our early 20s. Started a family and everything. So it's, it's a little different from the courting and the slow moving that you guys did. I like to think we fight a little more than the average couple. And there's a lot of my listeners that are close friends that can vouch for you. I have a, a close friend out in Waterbury. His name is Rick. How you doing, Rick? I miss you, man. Um, he used to come, before I got a car, he used to come every month to come and take us food shopping only because he liked to hear us bicker. Now, we, we try to do the same thing that you guys do. We'll, we'll sit down and, you know, we'll watch the same movie but you can still feel the, t the tension. Even if we're reacting to each other, we're, we're having small conversations. Would you say that that's healthy? To still have that little bit of animosity as you're still communicating? Yeah, you know, it sounds like this is working for you guys. And so, you know, tell me more, are you guys happy are you connected is this working for you or is this something that's lingering and building over time i would say it's the latter so there is some of that lingering and some of that i wish we could get get over that yes yep you know and that's a tough place to be um diving back into you know that john gottman's research i would say this there's four things that are gonna um, probably start sinking that relationship quicker than anything else. And those are the things like um, criticism, contempt, stonewalling, and then um, that blame. So, you know, if there's that name calling, that making each other the problem, um, the contempt, the eye rolling, the man, there's something fundamentally wrong with you. Those wounds hurt and they tend to linger and they tend to cause things that spiral downward would you agree with that oh i, I agree wholeheartedly <laughs> uh my wife 
she's a tough cookie. She tends to hurt my feelings a lot. Mm. But us as men, we don't want to put that out as we're hurting. We'll take it more as, okay, whatever. Or we'll try to match their, their vocals and we'll try to be as loud as them or try to match the the anger in, in their conversations. But there is that poking the bear scenario that kind of makes you blow up. I personally don't know how to control that. And if there were some steps that you can give me and my listeners, I know a couple of men out there would be very happy with you. Love it. Well, again, I wish I had a magic wand that made all relationships work. And, you know, it is tough. It takes two living, breathing human beings to come together. Metaphor that I love, though, that might be helpful is this idea of connecting like Velcro. And um, simple, simple picture. Velcro connects, disconnects. And then those hooks and loops kind of reach out for each other. I don't know if you did this, but... um. Like, did you ever have Velcro shoes as a kid? I did. Yeah. And stupidest thing ever, but I was probably in first grade at the time, and you know, that Velcro wears out, and those hooks and loops kind of stretch out, and you can get like one hook and one loop to connect, and then you're like, look, it's floating. You know, but you just barely got it connected. But those hooks and loops, they stretch out, they reach for each other. And really, I see that as a picture of a relationship that's working. You know, couples are going to connect, they're going to disconnect. There's going to be disconnects just physically, distance-wise, because of work, but um, also because of disagreements. And you asked, is it healthy to disagree? Absolutely. Um, You know, you've got two different people with two different opinions, and I will tell you, Jenny stretches me, causes me to grow. Um, Hopefully I stretch her and cause her to grow as well. As an old saying, if both of us were exactly the same, one of us wouldn't be needed. Yeah, it's like that old adage, opposites attract. But in the society we live in today, knowing that opposites attract, we still expect our significant other to be like us, to have our same desires, our same feelings, our same emotions, and it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's where the challenge lies is, man, there's that disconnect how do we reconnect again? Because like you said, yeah, we're hard, hardwired to connect. It's built into our DNA. Um, there's a study I love that um, shows that the same part of the brain lights up when you experience physical pain and when you experience emotional pain. Um, so if you ever heard love hurts, like there's a lot of truth to that. The one twist I would make is it's not love itself that hurts. It's not being close to somebody that we want to be close to. And man, that is about as close to physical pain as it can get. I've never uh, heard it that way before and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I know some people who say, man, I would prefer the physical pain versus that mental anguish. Oh yeah. that dis- disconnection hurts. Not a lot of people get that mental emotion is a lot more than physical so it wears you down a lot more which sometimes it does wear you down physically yeah but maybe you can tell us why should the average couple even care about making their relationship better Mm, love that question and you know i think it goes along with um really what your goals are one um you know we hear about 
Um, you a Disney movie fan? I know you got kids. Oh, I am. Yeah, I am. The goal is right off into the sunset and live happily ever after, right? See, I'll tell you this. I'm a Disney fan, but since you asked the question, and it's kind of a segue, I'm not paying $30 to see Mulan, Disney. <laughs> I will rather wait the two, three months until it's on my subscription. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, another study that I love looked at um, people in happy relationships, connected relationships with their spouse, and businessmen who had gotten a $100,000 a year pay raise. And they said, man, happiness-wise, they've hit the same level. If you're a married man having sex once a week, or if you get that $100,000 year pay raise, they, this study, which kind of blew my mind, said that happiness boost is about the same. So in my mind, like, that's $100,000 worth of in happiness that says, that's why I should care. See, that's a single man trait also. Trying to get laid once a week. <laughs> but they don't realize that it's harder for the married man. Mm. So in what ways do you think we should start taking steps to start bettering our relationship? Even from the most obscure relationship to the most perfect. Yeah. You know, for us, that reach out has been huge. The habits have been huge. The daily connection moments throughout our day. And um, just a quick story. You know, I'm a writer. I love to write. And yeah, I've seen you got 22 that. books, right? Yeah. Well, we hope to get those links to those books so we could put them on there and maybe uh, generate you some more sales. Absolutely. I appreciate and it, my friend. The viewers out there would more, more than likely benefit from one of those 22 books. Awesome. So my writing story had a message I wanted to share, wanted to help couples connect. Started writing every morning at five o'clock. A couple years down the line, Jenny says, Jed, I love that you write, but when you write, it's like you're not, I'm not there. It's like you're in your zone. Now you're nodding and I'm guessing you're understanding this because yeah, we're I get four that. girls. I, I get that now. Um, when I'm doing the, the podcast, it takes up a lot of my time and I'm focused on trying to make this work. And it does, yeah. it does strain. It does strain. And when you've got kit, that's what you've got to do to get stuff done, right? You tune out the rest of the world, you get in your man cave or box absolutely and you go to work and i realized man jenny's right and so going back to what you said i set a new habit for myself i said all right something's got to change first time i see jenny in the morning i'm closing my laptop taking a minute to connect and i'll tell you that's been a huge made a huge difference in our relationship she never again has gotten frustrated with me for writing in the morning again and um, I think for her, it communicates something that's been true all along, but she's feeling it. You know, if you were to ask me anytime, Jed, what's more important, that next book you're writing or your wife? 100% my wife, you know, no question about, but she's not feeling that. And now with this new habit, it is hitting her heart too. And she's getting it. She's like, oh, Jed really does love me more than the writing he's doing. And I think she's always known that on an intellectual level, but now she's feeling it. 
and that's that the sense? most important part yeah trying to make them feel it and that that's where a lot of us including me i'm i'm no stranger we we kind of we lack in that department so simple trick to try that's that's helped us is just setting those connection moments those connection habits so for me it's turned into a thing where man, first time i see jenny anytime you know after work after going to the we're just going to take a minute to connect sometimes it's half a minute but it's just that moment of hey how was your day you know quick hug um soft touch just sit down next to her for a minute just to be available but some way to say hey can we just pause for a minute to connect now what do you do if the time that you connect always ends up in an argument somehow yeah yeah and that's the tough one so the research says man happy couples they're having five positive connections for every negative one so if it's turning into argument i would say man if you're going to be the one who's going to change the relationship who's going to change the tone of the relationship you've got to find a way to make those positive connection moments and get out quick and that might be a quick hug quick high five and if you've got to turn and run you know but literally man we're keeping it positive right now and there is something exciting to arguing fighting you know there's an energy there's an adrenaline that comes with it and so it's tough it's tough for couples who've gotten in that pattern of this is how we connect this is how we bond we create that energy and that adrenaline and that rush you know a high five a hug a quick kind word isn't necessarily the same adrenaline rush or energy boost as yelling at one another okay so, so it really now is I can that challenge of i've got to change the tone how do i do that so you could be supplementing solution. the argument for the the sentiment that you're supposed to be having. Yeah, yeah, I think just in because my mind, you're used to it, and that's what makes you connect is the arguing. So you revert back to what you essentially muscle memory. You go right back to what you know just to get that feeling. Yeah, and that is a challenge. It is changing the tone, changing the baseline. Um, our brains are hardwired to go to what we know, right? Yeah. And if that's what we know is, man, we connect by arguing and fighting, it's going to be a new new twist. Uh, okay, we've got to find a way to connect by laughing, joking, having fun, working out together, something new. So you got to try to f- kind of find that medium that's going to get that adrenaline rushing and still keep you happy. Yeah. Well, that's, that throws a lot of insight. I'm, 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 hopefully a lot of my listeners will be able to take that in stride and be able to make good points in their relationship. Yeah, and for listeners who are doing it, I mean, it, it can be a challenge trying to change the tone of a relationship. It most um, definitely is, it's, especially when you're trying to juggle with work, bills, kids. You throw in your loved one and it all becomes chaos. It's, it's one big soup of chaos yeah 
Do you remind me of one more metaphor I love and this pebble principle I hear therapists talk about a lot. The whole idea is you toss a pebble in a pond and it sends out ripples, right? All the way to shore. Yes, sir. And so families are systems, whether it is you, your wife and the kids or just you and your wife, you know, everything weaves together and influences everything else. And um, kind of like that pebble, you know? So my encouragement to couples is Man, if you're the one person who says, I'm passionate about changing our relationship, I'm passionate about bringing us closer together, creating that more positive tone, it really is that idea of, and be the pebble that's going to send out positive ripples of influence into your relationship. You know, be the one who says, I'm going to set the positive tone for this conversation. And if it starts to turn a little bit south, see, can I insert humor? Can we have fun? Can I elevate that tone and say, Nope, we're connecting, and this is our positive moment right now. We can come back and talk about the serious stuff that needs to be talked about, and then when we're done, we're done. We're coming back to our positive connection moments. Definitely not easy to do, um, but anybody who's going for it, I am I am cheering you on. So there you guys have it. Jed Jurchenko telling you guys how to find true love how to keep true love. And if you think you have it and it doesn't look like it, learn how to fix it. It's all power of will. Now, Jed, uh, before we close out, where can we find you? Where can we get your coaching? Where can we find your books? What are the names of some of them? Yeah, Jason, thanks for asking. I am at ithrive320.com. So ithrive320.com. Um, got a tab up there just for coaching. Would love to connect, see if it's a good fit. Um, I do a free discovery call because really I want to add value. So it's fun. I love meeting new guys um, and want to be somebody who, man, if I can help, let's connect. If there's another coach, I want to connect you with that person. And if it means putting together a plan just for moving forward on your own, um, I want to equip guys for progress. Um, books, one of my best sellers is 131 Creative Conversations for Couples. And again, just positive connection moments. Um, Jenny and I went through one of those when we were dating, just a conversation starter book. And I thought, man, it would be fun to write one of those. Um, this for us, it was just a great time about learning about each other during coffee shops, walks on the beach, um, we're waiting for a food in the restaurant and um, really what I wanted to pass on to other couples. That sounds good. Um, I'm definitely going to have to pick that one up. Uh, so go ahead and find uh, Jed. We're going to make sure we have him send us all his links. We're going to put them underneath the post when this episode airs. And uh, thank you for coming on. We, we appreciate having you on and giving us a little bit of insight into your life and how exactly you started to turn guys' lives around. Well, thank you. It's been great to be here. been an honor. Well, we hope to have you on again. Um, thanks again. Everybody listening at home, again, click on Jed's links. Like, subscribe, show some love, buy his books. Also, don't forget about Talking Junk. Like, subscribe, and share. We're going to be back next week. Jed, thanks again. Can't wait to have you on. Awesome. Jason, thank you. Thank you, guys. Have a good night.